Welcome to another episode of Together We Can. I'm Wendy Johnson, your host and superintendent of the amazing CUNA School District. Our elementary school is where young minds begin to blossom, but it's also a place where children can face various challenges. Social workers play a pivotal role in creating a supportive environment for both students and their families, as well as assist educators to help students. In today's episode, we'll meet some remarkable social workers, Sarah Lawson and Nicole Martinez, who help support our elementary students, families, and educators. Sarah and Nicole, welcome. So glad to have you here on our podcast today. Um, could you tell us, tell the audience a little bit about yourself? I'm Sarah Lawson. This is my seventh year in the CUNA School District. My first year was actually uh, TEED's last year. Okay. So I started with three schools, and now I'm at Hubbard and Indian Creek. Um, I've got two boys, and my oldest just started kinder in oh. CUNA this year, and our youngest is in preschool, also in CUNA. So you could relate to those kindergarten mamas that were like, I have to send my babies to school this year. So, so much. you were one of those kindergarten mamas yep, this still year. still am. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. I appreciate yep. you being here today. How about you, Nicole? Hi, I'm Nicole. I have a three-year-old, and she also goes to preschool in CUNA at great. Sunshine. Oh, and, um, you know, they haven't called me about behavior so far. So <laughs> things are going great. Um, she loves it. I, I love that I get to be a part of the community even more so with that. Yeah. And then I am the social worker at Reed. And that is the only school that I'm at. But, I mean, it's a big one. So we're busy. Um, and then I actually was in the district starting before that because... I did my internship at yeah. Silver Trail like Great. a few years before that. So I got a taste of a different school in the district. And then that's how I ended up back here too because of that internship. So yeah, I've been in CUNA for a while and then a little bit before I was official too. Okay, great. Thank you guys. I, this idea came from our superintendent advisory council. So I'll give them a shout out. Like what, you know, we have people in the school district that have a lot of different roles that they play to help support children. And social workers in our elementary are one of those roles. So let's start by sharing a little bit with our families, our listeners, um, about what social workers do in a school. Um, could you kind of give us a definition of what, or maybe even what your day looks like? Hmm. What, what a great do? question. <laughs> It's different every day, but <laughs> in a nutshell, uh, we really focus on supporting students' social and emotional needs. Okay. Um, I would consider us the mental health first responders in okay. our buildings. That's kind of a good way to think about it. Um, we meet with students one-on-one, -on -one, often to explore concerns, conflicts, um, a lot of things the teachers can't address. You know, we do a lot of post-recess yeah. <laughs> uh, conversations, um, all those things that fall outside of the academic realm, you know, little comments about maybe a food insecurity thing, or maybe sure. there are some resources that are needed, or, you know, can we check in about just this random thing that came up, because I don't have time to do that because I'm teaching, right, so the teachers right. count on us to have those conversations. Um, we do some groups, and, um, and we also do some readings and classes. Okay, great. Would you add anything to that, Nicole? Oh, yeah. I mean, we have these conversations with each other all the time that it also really depends on even what building you're in in the district. Yeah. Um, because that will drastically change what things you're involved in, too. So I, I definitely do a lot of those things as well. Um, I feel like at the school I'm at, 
very resource heavy and just continues to be more and more resource heavy. So a lot of... What does that mean to be resource heavy? So just high needs, you know, with different resources. So a lot of families that are needing the support with our Weekend Backpack program and our um, Operation School Bell program that we have. And um, so, yeah, I think I've, I've been doing a lot more of that. I mean, even helping families get... Because a lot of our families, oh, you know, here's the here's the free and reduced lunch form, but they might not speak English. Right. And we might not have a version that, that they yep. can do or they can even access. They don't have yep. a smartphone. Right. And so helping families to get their needs met in that way and kind of doing more case management stuff. Um, even from year to year, I feel like it's looked a little bit yeah. different. So I still, you know, also meet with kids individually, also do group work. Um, and then I also... Since I'm just at one school, I think I do a little bit more behavior support, too. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, when a kid's in crisis, I have the training and whatnot to be able to go in and help with that, too. Great. So, yeah. Great. You, um, Sarah, you mentioned social and emotional, and I think that you know, has become kind of a buzzword that maybe isn't isn't a positive um, or maybe associated with things that are um, not really what they mean in mm-hmm. in your work. Can you give me an example of like um, how you would help a student socially or emotionally? Yeah, definitely. I mean, back to the recess example, yeah, you know, perfect example. <laughs> <laughs> so even just being in a classroom, any, any given classroom, you know, and watching how many of the students stop the teacher to explain what happened on recess. Yes. And many are in tears. So they just came from a social setting, which yeah. was recess. They had a social problem with a peer yeah. and they have emotions about what happened. Great. And they need help processing yeah. that. And the teacher needs to teach the rest of the class, but still wants those students to have the time and attention that they deserve to work through that. Yeah. And that's what we're there for. Great. That's a great example, right? Mm-hmm. Um, kids don't always know how to process what happens. No. Adults don't always either. But, no. you know, when, a, when a st- another student calls them a bad name or they don't get along or they didn't get something shared with them, it causes them to, especially little ones, you're, yes. you're dealing with kindergarten through third grade in the schools. You have kindergarten through fifth grade in your schools, Nicole. Mm-hmm. So we're dealing with kids that don't always know how to process or problem solve. Or problem solve. And they want to be heard. Great. And they deserve to be heard. Yeah, but great. the teacher deserves to be able to teach. So yeah. we get to pull the kids out and have that conversation. And if it is a peer conflict, I'll try to meet with each student individually to get an idea of what happened. Let's figure out, you know, what do you think needs to be done to make this right? What do you think needs to be done to make this right? Let's get together to make this right and back to class where you can learn. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So hel- helping them to have healthy responses to conflict is another way to say that. Okay, Mm -hmm. great. Thank you. Thank you guys for explaining that. And I appreciate that you also shared that it can depend on the day, it can depend on the school year, it can (laughs) depend on the hour of what what your talents and how and strengths and how they can be shared with kids yeah. um, and potentially families and mm-hmm. teachers too. So an, another question that um, I've been asked over the years is, you know, like what, we have counselors in the high school and then we have, you know, this idea of a social worker being in an elementary, um, like a school social worker being in an elementary. Um, can you tell us a little bit like, at least in your experience, how those two might be different or and why we might have like a social work a school social worker in an elementary setting and more of a counselor in the high school setting. Yeah. I think there's a, a Venn diagram with <laughs> yeah. counseling okay. and social work. Yeah. Um, and counseling is very much centered 
on the individual. Yes. And especially in school, it's an academic setting. There's very much a scheduling component to that. Yep. Um, trying to set that one student at a time up for success. Yeah. Um, we're all about that too. However, um, social work in general tends to consider the person in the environment. Yes. So um, there are a lot of societal factors at play. Um, the one biggest one that we probably work with is poverty yeah. and the effects of poverty on not just the student, but the family system, yep. our community and what that looks like and trying to remove some of those barriers to education that poverty poses. Great. Mm -hmm. I feel like I have even been learning over the last few yeah. years, like what the difference is. I think when I first started, I didn't really know. Um, I mean, even down to credentialing, like we all have to be licensed to yes. have our credential yeah. um, and, and our education is very different. Yes, there are similarities, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, ours is very mental health heavy. Yeah. So, um, you know, although we can be counselors in schools right. with our credential. Um, what we do is very different. And I think she did a really good job of explaining it. I feel like really in that counselor role, you're focusing on like the school environment. Whereas as a social worker, we're focusing on how are all of these environments contributing to what we're seeing here yeah. right now? Yeah. And how can we make sure that needs are being met in these different ways and overcoming those obstacles so that you're able to do what you need to do yeah. here or what we hope you can do here. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so an example might be you have a student who's coming from an environment of food insecurity, right? Mm -hmm. And so that student might be acting out. So you may not only just help that child deal with that, help the family fill out the free and reduced lunch form, also might get them signed up for a weekend backpack, yep. and then make sure that there's also clothing yep. available for the student. So mm -hmm. it's about the whole child yeah. as opposed to just the academic side. Yeah. And then child. I mean you might even figure out okay like what's going on like do we need other resources like what's employment look like sometimes Great. it's it's even deeper than that. Yep. So working with families is a huge part of what we do. I and I appreciate you both saying that the big reason of doing this is not only to help the child and the family, but also helps the teacher focus on learning yep. so the kids can then also fo focus on learning so mm -hmm. we're not having constant disruptions in classrooms yeah. because the child needs something, needs help, support. Yeah. So thank you for explaining that. I was going to say, I think it helps teachers too. I don't know if you feel like you do this, but even like being able to like help teachers understand through our lens some of the things that they see in the yeah. classroom too. I feel yeah. like that's a big a big piece of it. Helping to interpret yeah. maybe why that behavior exists mm -hmm. in a child. Well, because behavior is communication. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, we're dealing with so many. We use Maslow's hierarchy of needs, yeah. and we start at the bottom, and we live in basic needs land. Yeah. And that's where, yeah. we, so if the child needs food, they're hungry, they're tired, then here's a snack. Here's the weekend backpack yeah. program. Here's the schedule of the community resource center. Yeah. You know, let's start there. Mm -hmm. And then, oh, your belly is fed. Oh, you're ready to learn now. Right. Or, I mean, yeah. Whatever it is, but we start at the bottom and work our way yep. up. Great. Like That's even with like comparison. unstable housing, like not getting sleep at night, bouncing around from house yep. to house. How is that impacting their behavior? That yeah. kind of a thing. So I, I get to have really awesome conversations with teachers where it's like just seeing them like, okay, like this makes yeah. sense. I think yeah. that can even help the the relationship with the student and the classroom and all yeah. that. So Great. You guys are so awesome. I appreciate all that you do to help. 
when and what is the role of moms and dads, families in this whole process? So, for example, you're maybe um, signing a child up for a weekend backpack, or Mm -hmm. maybe you're doing a group on, like, changing family dynamics, you know, Mm -hmm. divorce, separation, whatever that is. What when do you plug in with mom and dad or a guardian, grandma and grandpa? What does that look like for you? I love involving families. Yeah. And, you know, that looks like moms and dads and grandparents and, and guardians and caretakers, yeah. even older siblings I'm in touch with. Yeah. Um, I've found that uh, a key to communication is just texting. Yeah. I text with parents all the time, and it's such a great way to be in touch. Um, and even to avoid the call from the school where you have to start with, everything is okay. I just yeah. wanted you to know that, <laughs> yeah. right? So it'll be kind of a, oh, just a heads up that there yep. was this conflict on recess. Yep. I wanted you to know that this happened. I talked to your daughter. We talked about how she can stand up for herself. That boy apologized to her. Good. I think that we're good. If you have any follow-up questions, please let me know, or we can schedule a time to talk. Um, texting has been awesome. I know as a parent myself, I want to know what's going on. And sure. parents have a right to know what's going on. And it's a team effort. So yeah. kids do better when home and school are in contact. Yeah, that's absolutely, absolutely our goal. Great. Thank you. Would you add to that, Cole? Um, I would say, I mean, with all the things you mentioned, like I, we get permission from parents on all of that. We have permission yeah. slips for all of the resource programs we have. Like if we're able to have a conversation, I will, I will put verbal permission. Yeah. Um, so I will do that. But at, at all levels, I feel like we're involving parents um, at my school it's hard. I feel like I don't get to have as many like phone conversations as I'd like to. Yeah. So um, I do have a lot of teachers that are making calls for Great. me and will invite me into that. Because they may have the relationship yeah, initially. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And a lot of times they do have a really good relationship. So sometimes yeah. even enlisting their help in some of more of those like difficult conversations, they can kind of be able to feel it out and invite me into the conversation. So that's been a really useful tool. Um, but yeah, I mean, really... In any group I do, I do all permission slips for those. So at all steps, really. So um, I know we were talking a lot about how we initiate conversations on the at the school side with families, or teachers may bring up things with you. Um, are there ever times when a family, a mom and dad, grandma and grandpa, guardian, um, comes to you and says, "Hey, I need help." All the time, <laughs> and it's great. Um, so, again, part of the beauty of texting with parents is they can text me back. Yeah. Um, so a lot of times it'll be like, good morning, Mrs. Lawson. You know, it's 6.04. We're already having a rocky morning. You know, okay. my daughter doesn't want to come to school. I know you told me I could reach out to you. Yeah. If this is a problem, you know, what should we do? And Great. like, okay, let's remember the, the reinforcement schedule here. She's going to get a sticker. Like, I can meet yeah. her at the front door. Mm-hmm. I can you know, talk with her right when we get there and then we can walk into school together. Let's try to get her a, a good breakfast. Um, That's a great or example. Even <laughs> just, um, you know, we had a really rough weekend. Yeah. And so I just kind of wanted you to know, maybe he'll be fine. But yeah. if he acts out, would you please just talk to him for a while? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Check so, in. Yeah. Right? Parents can share as much or as little as they want. And either way, we're here for the kids. Great. I'd say... I definitely have parents that I that I did not reach out to. They ask, but I think again for me, um, it's through the teachers a lot. Yeah. Which I mean, it's through me 
building relationships with those teachers so they know that that's even something that they can do but they will constantly be giving out my extension my email to teach to parents to reach out to me Um, and whether that be for that kind of reason or whether it be for resources or things like that um, yeah I have a lot of parents that reach out it's it's mostly through the teachers but every now and then like there will be parents that have awareness of oh they're you have a school counselor, you have a school social worker yeah. and they'll, and they'll ask to just directly talk to me. But I do similar things like that. Like, please let us know, like if there's a bad weekend, like I yeah. love to hear from parents. So yeah, yeah, we can help support their children better when we know mm-hmm. those things. Yeah. And it's, all of us have bad times, right? Yep. Good times and bad times. So it, you may be from a family d- that doesn't have food insecurity, that isn't living in poverty, but there could have, you know, like your, your child's beloved pet could have passed away and that just causes all sorts of emotions right coming to school so even those things are worth letting you know right definitely okay Mm -hmm. kind of switching gears into a little bit different direction but still a part of what you guys have been critical um in helping to bring some community resources to children who need them um and and connect families to some of those resources in the community could you talk a little bit about what some of those community resources are and the great partners that are behind some of those resources. Sure. Well, it is Operation School Bell season. (laughs) What is that? What is Operation School Bell? Operation School Bell is like the social worker field trip of the year. (laughs) It's very fun. Um, um, We take around 30 to 35 kids who have been identified as you know, it would be beneficial for them to get a free coat, shoes, and um, and clothes. So we drive to the Assistance League of Boise. They're a huge partner for us. Yes, they are. Um, Thank you, Assistance League. You yes. guys are amazing. Shout out. Amazing. They clothe all of our kids. The kids get to pick out the clothes themselves. Um, they try them on in the dressing rooms by themselves to make sure that they fit. They pick out their shoes. They're so excited. They get yeah. a whole hygiene pack. They get books. It's amazing. They're so excited. Like looking yeah. at all the Hubbard kids today wearing yeah. their new shoes and their coats mm-hmm. and just making it a point to, you know, show everybody yeah. what they got. It's really rewarding and yeah. fun. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, we partner with Idaho Food Bank okay. for Weekend Backpack Program. Um, that is only at certain schools. Sure. And then, you know, our amazing resource center within yeah. the district makes up the massive... Yeah. deficit there but yeah. they they do provide us with some of those and basically that program is for students that are food insecure and um you know they may be on free and reduced lunch and then on Fridays they're able to get this food bag that then provides lunches and snacks and those types of easy yeah. things to eat over the weekend to kind of fill that gap Great. so that's another partnership we have that we are very very appreciative of and for those of you who may not know that we have a pantry, um, it's at Ross Elementary, and it's open to anyone who needs support and help. Mm-hmm. Yep. Thursday, 9 to 2. Wednesday, Great. 5 to 7. Terry Reno. Thank you. She's yeah. awesome. Yes. Um, we've heard from, you know, about our our operations school bell. We've talked about the pantry and the, the way to help families who need um, extra support to feed their children, their families. Um, what about people in the community who say, I want to help? What would you, what advice would you give them of like where they could put those resources that they want to give? Oh, it depends. We definitely don't turn anybody away. So we try to get an idea of what they have to offer. 
Um, and then if they have any school affiliation, you know, sometimes they like to keep it at their child's school sure. or their grandchild's school. Um, and sometimes it's just this thing that they want to do. So it kind of depends on what they want to do, where the needs are. Um, and then usually we would probably connect them with our community schools coordinator, Terry right. Reno, if yeah. it's going to be more of a district level thing. Yeah. Um, especially if it's um, big time donations, like we've gotten like 80 backpacks one yeah. year, um, yeah. you know, so having those at the community resource center. Yeah. Thank you, Terry, for being an awesome community resource connection mm -hmm. and our community too. They're so oh, generous. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, mm -hmm. we have, we work with a variety of churches and individuals and organizations that are very generous and help kids throughout the school year. So many of whom want to be anonymous, which yeah. shows right. even more of their right. generosity. So yeah. thank you. They really come out of the woodwork during the holidays. They do. Oh, yeah. They do. Yeah. yeah. Which we are very grateful for. Mm -hmm. So thank you all for your insight. I, I know we kind of touched on a little bit about like kind of the individual things that we do and then the, the kind of the I would call wraparound services for families, you know, when it comes to the food and clothing. Could you talk a little bit about, you mentioned groups, both of you have talked about groups, mm -hmm. and that can also be kind of a scary thought. You know, what does that mean? Could you talk about a little bit of what in those groups entail? Sure. Um, like most of what we do, it's just kind of like request initiated, you know, yeah. we don't have yeah. these groups in mind that we're going to do every year. Right. Um, we tend to get like pockets of requests that then we turn into groups. Yeah. So, um, I've got two first grade self-control groups going yeah. on right now. Yeah. Um, and what do you do really when you feel angry? Here are some things to help you. Is that kind of what yeah, it is? Skills. You know, skills. That's what I, I like to you, call it. I thought you said Skittles because I actually use, <laughs> I I use that too. Well, we one, do. Of, one of the things <laughs> I do in my self-control uh, group is I just put the M&Ms in front of the first graders and we talk about how it feels to want things oh. and not have them for a couple minutes. Yeah. And breathing through that and being yeah. okay with the waiting and expanding mm -hmm. the waiting. And um, yeah. so we break it down to pretty basic levels. And the kids love the groups. Yeah. They're really fun. Um, I've got a third grade anxiety group coming up. That one was parent initiated. Yep. Um, so a lot of times it'll be, again, it just kind of happens naturally of like right. all of a sudden I've got three third grade parents requesting support with anxiety. Yeah. Well, I feel like, you know, my, my slogan is like, there's a group for that. <laughs> you know, we can make a group right. for that. I'm right. willing to build a group around any, um, student need. And it's a really efficient way for us to work too. Yeah. And it's a great way to get to know the kids. So we do a lot of different groups. Um, social skills groups are the yeah. most commonly yeah. requested, especially mm -hmm. in kindergarten. Yes. Yep. How do we take turns? Yeah. How do we not just get what we want the minute we want them? Those yeah. kind of things. Yeah. One person talking at a time, staying in your <laughs> yes. seat. Yep. Yeah. We play games and just practice all of that. You know, we've worked at the last kinder group I had, we would just put a puzzle together and yeah. we talked about how, you know, each, you don't have to take a puzzle piece from anybody else. There are yeah. plenty of puzzle pieces yeah. and let's celebrate each other's connections that they're making. It's yeah. not a competition. Like we're literally building something together and then celebrating at the end. And they yeah. were so excited and yeah. it was adorable. And like, those are social skills groups in a nutshell right. at the yeah. K3 level. Anyway. Yeah, great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I kind of like to call it like an incubator experience of like, hey, this might be a skill I need to build. 
I'm not ready to take her for a test drive on the on the recess recess yeah. yet. So yeah. let's try it out here, see how it goes, give you some time to practice. Um, so that's kind of what it looks like for me at least. Mine's a little bit more of a system just because um yeah it's just crazy yeah so like how I do it is I like honestly just talk to the team lead from like each grade and then we identify what their time slot is going to be each week Mm -hmm. and then I I ask them to go back to their team and come up with some different topics that they might be seeing in their classrooms and then they send it to me and say hey what about you know what about these and then i you know, build it. And then from there we do permission slips and they, they know their kids best. Yeah. So they're able to, to say, Hey, you know, these are the kids that we think would be a good fit. And then we go from there with permission. And then I just run that all year. And I just, as I rotate topics, we just keep going and see, you know, how many kids we're able to reach and help. And it really is for mine. It really is the skill, the skill building that we focus on, like Sarah talked about. Um, But then we do every now and then have those other groups. um, like changing families, just kind of giving kids a chance to get together and see other kids and know, Oh, I'm, I'm not the only kid going through this. It's I'm going to be okay. That's the power of groups, right? It's knowing you're not alone that, that, that we have, we're all learning in mm-hmm. this life journey, and yeah. I don't. I'm not the only person who may have a parent whose parents who are divorcing yeah. or need to learn the social skill. Yeah, yeah. great, absolutely. I think my favorite group that I've been doing lately is just a resilience group. Ooh, I love that. Right, I do too. It's very positive. It catches a lot of kids, you know, because sometimes you don't have this beautiful, naturally occurring situation where everybody in the exact grade is going through the exact right. same thing. Yeah, right. Um, but like you had talked about earlier, we're all going through something at any given time. Yeah. And the foundation skill that we're trying to build is resilience. Absolutely. So it's a good catch all for, you know, this hard thing has happened in my family, yeah. you know, um, let's let's build up your strengths. Because we can't just give up, right? We got to get up and go. But Keep we going. need help sometimes, right? right? Especially when we're five and six and seven, oh, yeah. right? You guys, thank you so much for insight. Is there anything else that you'd want to offer that maybe I didn't ask or that you think would be helpful for for our audience? You know, I'm just really glad to be here and really thankful that you asked us to join. Um, we adore our our students and our families yeah. and we are here to remove barriers to their education mm-hmm. so um it's a team effort um i think that one of the things i would probably want to leave with is just the fact that kids really have difficulty focusing when something yeah. hard is going on in their lives yeah and so we're here to help them give them the time and space to process that mm-hmm so that they can go back in the classroom and be a learner. So one story I just want to share because it was um, a really touching part of my day is that a mom had reached out to me um, yesterday, right at the end of the day, um, asking if I had some shoes available for her son, um, even though he will be uh, attending Operation School on Friday. He has one pair of shoes, and his toe is poking out of them, and he wasn't going to make it even just three days. And so I asked, I had one pair of shoes in my office, otherwise I would have contacted Terry, but... um, (laughs) 
it ended up being the size that he needed. And so I had her verify that. And today I went down and I pulled him out of class and he didn't know why I was going. And I just said, hey, how's it going? And he said, well, I'm fine except for these shoes. And he shows oh. me like, I call them talking shoes, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I just showed him this pair of shoes. And I know you can't see it on the audio, but he just goes, yes. <laughs> it was really cute. And they fit him just right. And even when he, he opened the door and walked back in, he just did another silent and like, Yes. Oh, good. He was so pumped up. And even his teacher followed up with me later, just letting me know, like, how awesome that was yeah. for him. It was a total um, flip in his demeanor that day. Oh, and so awesome. it's just, like, little moments like that that we get to experience. Yeah. Um, you get to fill a need, which helps the yes. child focus on school instead of, like, our kid's going to make fun of me. Totally. They're going to see my shoes. You know, yep. like we all, you know, we worry about those things, especially when we're little. It's so know? distracting looking yeah. down at the floor and you see your toe poking yeah. out of your shoe and you're supposed to be focusing on math. Yeah. And now he gets to look down and be like, like his cool shoes and, yeah. and like math at the same time. Right. So I love that cool. story. Yeah. I love that Thanks, story. Me too. Like that reminds me of last year when we had a family come. They had just gotten to the country. Yeah. And they spoke no English. And yeah. the migrant coordinator brought them over and was like, hey, what do you have? And so I was just giving them everything I possibly could, like clothing, shoes, sand, you know, yeah, like bath product, whatever, yeah. all these different things. And, and this little boy, you know, he spoke no English, but I had some toys. And mm -hmm. so I went and got this toy for him, and he, like, almost started crying. Like, yeah. He was just like, for me, like – yeah. I can have this. And it was like, oh, yeah. so those moments too are just, yeah, they're everything. So sometimes even like we get to assist with the needs like all the time, but then sometimes like holiday stuff, getting to see them light up over things that it might not be a need, but these are yeah. things that like all the other kids are getting to experience. So like getting to see yeah. families get that kind of support too. It's, oh yeah. The little things for us are the big things for them. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes it all worth it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Little things are big. Mm-hmm. I would be bawling all the time if oh, I was yeah. a social worker. I, I would just I be do. bawling. We do. Yeah. Today I was. It was one of those days, really, where I was walking around like I love my job. Oh, like I'm just having yeah. one of those days where it's like I just love my job. Yeah. Everywhere I turn today, something good is happening. Oh, Some yeah. little thing is important. You know, good. Good. they're not all like that. But today yeah. was really like that, and yeah. that was one big part of it today. Because mm. we have the days where you cry because it's some of yeah. the hardest things you've ever heard. Yeah. But then those days are like, okay, this yeah. is why I'm doing it. This is why. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd say the only other thing that I would want to add that I'd want, you know, listeners to know is that we we want to partner with you. We want to yeah. we want to be something that positively contributes yeah. to um, your kids' education. And so we love open communication and we we love when we get to hear from parents. Yeah. So great. Yeah. Thank you both. I appreciate you so much for um, helping us understand more about what a school social worker does and also for caring so much about our kids and families and teachers and staff to make sure we're all working together here. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate that. So thank you. Um, and, you know, our youngest students often, um, if they don't get those needs met, they become bigger issues. So helping them with that early intervention too. I appreciate you mm -hmm. doing that. 
So to our listeners, thank you for tuning in to this episode of Together We Can. If you have any questions or topics you'd like us to explore in future episodes, please feel free to reach out. Remember, by working together, we can create a nurturing educational environment where every student can thrive. And these fine social workers are helping us do that. Thank you to our podcast producers, the amazing Allison Westfall and Troy Stevens. Until next time, stay curious, stay connected, and remember, together we can. <music>